Today on the first ever Player vs. Podcast Listener Request Month. Dear God help me, it's Fester's Quest. Welcome back to another episode of the Main Quest podcast. This is, of course, the number one retro gaming podcast that has a thing for creepy bald uncles. As always, I am your host, Keith, and Player vs. Podcast has descended. That is correct. All month long, I will be talking about games that you guys asked me to play and uh, talk about. And today's game and the opening line of the podcast was submitted by my good friend Ryan from the List Off podcast. And if you submitted something, uh, you might be uh, be like, uh, "What? What the hell, Keith? What? What's going on? Did Did Ryan just get picked because he's your friend?" And I will say to you, "Did you see the episode title?" Because Ryan and I were no longer <laughs> we're no longer friends. Uh, speaking of people who are. Uh, probably no longer friends. Ryan has this to say about Fester's Quest. When I was younger, I had a very limited variety of games, and I would always ask to seek out new experiences by borrowing games from friends. That's how I discovered Fester's Quest. My friend swore by this game and was eager to have someone else share that enjoyment, so he would let me borrow it with no hesitation. I don't know if I should be laughing at that, but that's kind of, that's painfully funny. Uh, <laughs> at the time, the Adams Family was popular due to the release of the film, and Uncle Fester was one of the highlights. I'll just say it's a game I never forgot, and that I am very interested to hear what you think of it. Happy gaming. Feel like that, uh, that happy gaming was like a little bit of a sting there. Uh, because I, I could have not been further from that. Ryan, if this is a game that you love, dude, you might want to turn this off here. Uh, love you, buddy. Uh, so let's, let's do this. Today, I played Faster's Quest. Quest is an action-adventure first-person dungeon crawler developed and published by Sunsoft. I'm not going to talk too much about the source material because honestly I'm not that familiar with the Addams Family, aside from the movies that came out in the 90s, which I would have to assume that Ryan played this sometime after those movies came out, well at least the first one. Because Fester's Quest came out two years before the 91 film, and actually, it actually came out a year after uh, the series creator passed, um, Charles Adams. He literally didn't want to be alive to see this game even be released, and I, you know, I don't blame him. I do remember seeing this game out in the wild when I was a kid. Like, you used to be able to rent games at grocery stores, and I remember seeing this on a shelf near the counter and wondering if 
it had any connection to the Adams family. Because the fester that I grew up knowing was portrayed by, of course, the amazing Christopher Lloyd. And whatever the hell was on the box art for this game is definitely not Christopher Lloyd, but it's actually an adaptation of uh, Uncle Fester from the original run of the TV show from the 60s. And that's not to say like the box art for this game for this game is terrible. It's actually really good. But then I have to ask the question, who the hell was this game even made for? The TV show at this point had been canceled for 20 years. And the 1991 movie probably wasn't even in production at this point. So this game couldn't have been a tie into anything. Maybe Sunsoft thought they could like wrangle in baby boomers. Like try to get them into video games. I don't know. I have no idea. And I really actually don't even know who worked on this game. There's some credits like here and there. And I actually have to thank an article that I found on Press the Buttons and VGR for allowing me to tell you exactly why this game has gone down as probably one of like the hardest and one of the worst video games ever made. So the game's designers, Richard Robbins and Michael Mannheim, took the idea for the game to Sunsoft after Robbins had a dream about a video game based on an adventure starring Uncle Fester. Mannheim has also gone on record stating that this was the first game that he had ever made. And he said uh, in that quote, uh, he stated, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, end quote. He also takes all the blame when it comes to the game's difficulty, also adding, quote, not having a password system was all my fault. It was a complete and idiotic oversight. The save system was overlooked by me because we had debug codes in our test builds, which allows us to jump from level to level and save our progress during the creation of the game. This was not included in the final code because it is not included in my design document. When the game was in QA being tested by a Japanese testing company, they complained it was too hard, and it soon became obvious to everyone that the game needed a save system. And quote, it certainly fucking does. But to their credit, they did the best they could since the game was mostly being made in Japan. It's not like Robbins or Mannheim could like FaceTime the other developers or even email them, do design docs and stuff like that. Stuff didn't exist, kids. They would actually have to physically fly out to Japan to help work on the game. Uh, but once they realized how difficult the game actually was, that just became the crux of the marketing for this game. That was the headline. This is one tough video game. Vester's Quest is one tough video game with sinister mazes, deadly traps, hideous monsters, and spooky graphics. But if you make just one mistake, you start all over again. Vester's Quest, the video game from Sunsoft for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Are you good enough? <laughs> so, you know, I apologize to all the FromSoft queens because your uh, Prepare to Die ad campaign not as original as you all think. After all, Dark Souls is just the Fester's quest of video games. 
what the hell do I know about who this game was for? Because it actually sold pretty well. Well enough for millions of people to unanimously decide that this game is total horseshit. So at least enough people played it, you know, to establish and, you know, solidify its reputation. Uh, but uh, lastly, uh, Sunsoft veteran composer Naoki Kodaka did the soundtrack for the game. Uh, that same year, she also did Batman. And before that, uh, she'd worked on six or seven other titles as well, including Blaster Master, which half of that development team also worked on Fester's Quest, which is why those two games look so similar. Fester's Quest was exclusive to North America and was released in 1989 for the NES and in Europe the following year. So, I guess it wasn't exclusive to North America after all. And here are some of the review scores for a little bit of context as always. Nintendo Power. <laughs> Fucking Nintendo Power gave Fester's Quest a 4.5 out of 5. EGM gave it 5 out of 10, GameSpot gave it a 2 out of 5, and Nintendo Life a very realistic 1 out of 10, <laughs> which is surprising for, for Nintendo Life even. When I was looking up review scores, I actually uh, popped up some Amazon reviews, which I would never even look at, but uh, I was feeling a little frisky. And uh, those things are j so the copy of Fester's Quest that I found is just littered with like 50 to 60 reviews of just a bunch of people complaining that they got the actual game instead of just the box art. <sighs> why did I play this? Why did I why did I do this to myself? abduct an entire city and it's up to Uncle Fester to kill the aliens and save the day. That's the plot. Uh, but the manual itself reads the Adams family are not very strange. In fact, they are quite smart. And those are two different things. Strange and smart are not. Those don't correlate. Um, but whatever. All right. Uh, quote, you see, it was Mama who always warned of the alien UFO coming to invade their city. All the other Adamses thought that she was crazy. She wasn't strange. She was crazy. Uh, but Mama, using her crystal ball, put a protective spell on the Adams family house. As Uncle Fester was moonbathing one night, the fabled UFO appeared and beamed all the people in the town up. When the aliens scanned the Adams' house for life forms, they found none, thanks to Mama's spell. It is Gomez who must protect the Adams' house. So Fester took his trusty gun and set out <laughs> and set out on his quest to rescue all the townspeople from the alien UFO. And so yeah, this um, just imagine this old bald somebody's. I just. 
I don't know how I would feel about somebody's old bald uncle just hammering on my door in the middle of the night. I guess he wouldn't be handled. He's, I would be in a UFO, I guess. Never mind. The game does open up on Uncle Fester moonbathing as the aliens invade the city. And I actually did get like a good laugh because like in the middle of this cut, quote unquote, cut scene in the animation, it smash cuts to the title screen and the music that plays over it, which is kind of like this dance mix of the Adams Family theme. It seems like that whole scene mixed in with like the smash cut to title. It just seems like good comedic timing to me. I don't know if that was intended or not, but I actually kind of liked that. Like it was, I got a good chuckle from it and even thinking about it right now. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I thought it was good. Um, and I just mentioned the music. Uh, let's just get this out of the way. It's going to go a little bit out of, out of order on this episode, I think, um, because I love the soundtrack to this game. I think uh, Kodaka has done really awesome work. And despite the game only having like, five or six songs they're actually pretty quality tracks i don't know how much i'll be talking about her on the show but uh there is an old interview with her on shmuplations with how experimental she got with the famicom sound chip stuff that like i mean even when i read it it just flies way over my head because i don't know anything about the creative process of creating music on the famicom it's just some, it's something about using different frequencies and like geometry to create new sounds. It's stuff that other developers just didn't have the courage to mess around with, which is why I think a lot of the games in Sunsoft's library, um, their soundtracks stand out, you know, as much as they do. Unfortunately, and I don't know if this was maybe a problem with um the nes mini or something or if it was a issue with um my tv it has never happened with any other games but it, it sounds like some of the music is like blown out like maybe i don't know maybe it was mixed a little too loud again i'm not sure how that kind of stuff works but even like it in the moment turning my tv down didn't fix the problem it's still just Sounded like the synths were about to melt the shit out of my speakers. Also, there's like this little melody that plays at the beginning of the game. And they wanted to make the music sound like it was fading out. But it doesn't fade out. It just kind of sounds like they were like cutting into the like cutting silences into the track. Like longer and longer silences instead of doing like a smooth fade. and. It's not really that good. I I initially thought like my copy of the game was like corrupted or something. I thought there was something wrong with it. Um, but those minor gripes aside, I do think the soundtrack holds up on its own. It is actually pretty good. And to keep this hype train of positivity going um i want to talk about the graphics because the graphics are pretty good too and um you know we can just start at the obvious comparison to master blaster because it wasn't enough the same team worked on this but um this also very much just looks like master blaster especially the sewer sections in fester's quest and i haven't talked about it 
yet because I haven't talked about the gameplay. We're going to get there. Uh, but you do end up visiting the various family members of the Adams family. For whatever reason, they're all hiding in separate houses, I guess. I don't I don't know why. Are they just like running around breaking into people's homes after they've gotten abducted? Is this is this like the UFO invasion just a distraction for the family to rob people blind? You do you do visit the family members. And every time you do, there is like a, a pretty detailed portrait of the characters. Uh, the iteration, the 1960s iterations of them, not not the designs that you would probably imagine in your mind right now. All the enemies uh, look pretty decent as well. I'm not sure what these... Like, are these frog enemies supposed to be frogs? Or are they aliens? Are there alien frogs? They look like frogs, but they're supposed to be aliens. I don't know. It just seems like a very generic enemy. And that's fine. I mean, it looks like a frog-ass frog. And all the bosses... The bosses? Man, these things, <laughs> they look really fucking cool. But it's weird, because the bosses in this game look like they came from a completely different game. Which has me wondering if Fester's Quest was actually something else. And then at the last minute, hastily turned it into what it is now. Because these bosses stand out way too much. Not that it's a bad thing, it's just... They look like these like futuristic eldritch horrors. Like they look cool as hell, but they just don't fit in with anything else in this game. It's like, it's kind of like when the Sonic franchise started introducing humans into that world. I wish to cleanse my father's sin, and I wish to talk to Sonic. Now it is my time to return the favor. Sonic, come back. To me. Like, it just doesn't make sense. It's really weird. It's also weird that at certain points in the game, you will enter a building and suddenly your entire perspective is in first person, which is at the time, like, I don't know, 89. <sighs> yeah, first person games exist. I played Shadowgate on this on this very show. But you have to you have to navigate these ma it totally switches to a, a first person's perspective. I'm going to say that all over again. I'm going to edit that all out. So you switch to this first person perspective and you have to navigate like these mazes to get to the other side of the building that you entered, which then uh, allows you to get onto the next section of the overworld map. And my God, these maze sections, it's fucking seizure city, man. Each wall or like each tile, essentially the walls are just like these giant tiles are like programmed separately from where you are. And so they're loaded in with every step that you take, which results in this like horrific flashing every time you move. It's it's terrible. It's really, really bad. Like I said, First person like perspectives in video games have existed up to this point. And this is just I don't know what they were doing. I don't know what, what they were trying to achieve with this. Like these parts were actually painful to get through because I felt like someone was poking holes in my retina. And so I guess that segues uh, into the 
final part of this episode, the gameplay. What is the minute-by-minute breakdown of what you will be doing in this? Well, it's not fun. First of all, it looks like Uncle Fester is walking around with a trumpet. Like, it's supposed to be a gun. It's a, a blunderbuss, which is something else that Miyazaki stole from Fester's Quest. Uh, Fester's Quest historically came up with the concept of the blunderbuss first. It invented it. It's been done. I'm sorry. Um, but it also just looks like he's walking around the streets with a fucking trumpet. I don't know. I don't know what's crazier that in my mind right now. Just somebody's old bald uncle walking around with a gun or somebody's old bald uncle walking around the streets with a trumpet. The worst part about this game is the gun. And it's uh, mainly because when you press A, it fires one shot. Just one shot. One. That's fine. Okay, right? But also, every en- enemy in the game takes like 40 to 60 hits before they go down. And kind of like a, a shmup, every enemy drops something that can possibly upgrade or downgrade your weapon. Which came as a huge surprise to me because I I noticed that, you know, um, as I was going through the game... That the gun was getting stronger. And then as I'm walking around picking up items and stuff like that, suddenly I notice my gun is not as strong as it used to be. And I had no idea why. So there are two gun pickups that you have to keep a lookout for. One is red, one is blue. The latter will upgrade your weapons while the former downgrades it. Which the game doesn't tell you. It, It will just happen to you. So the first enemies that you see on screen are like a row of like these mushroom things and these things take forever to take out and some of them are stacked on top of each other and they respawn and the pickups they don't stick around for like more than 10 seconds so you might just be shit out of luck after about 10 minutes of playing the game my thumb was already tired from hammering away on the a button again these things take like 60 shots you're just slamming that A button trying to fucking get rid of these enemies and as I get older my hands do get fatigued faster than they used to and it really depends on the controller like I use a 8-bit-do SN30 for my retro stuff and like I'm usually fine the PS5 controller really fatigues my hands more than any other controller that I use and I don't even know what I'm talking this game got to me you know what just having to slam the A constantly. You were just slamming the A button because every enemy takes like 60 hits. And what's even more infuriating about this is that the developers knew how bad this was. Because even in the manual, they're like, hey, I don't know, maybe get a controller with a turbo button. No, man, fuck you. Make your enemies easier to kill. Why does this damn frog take 70 hits? And here it is. This is why I didn't finish the game. It's one of the, it's one of the reasons. I tried. I tried to finish this game. I really, really, really tried. I got to the third or fourth boss. I can't remember which. The boss isn't even terribly hard. There was, there was like one boss that I really had a problem with, which was the second one. All of the other bosses are just... They're fought in this black void and they rubber band around your character so that you can never get up on like the side of them or walking back of them. 
they are always just facing you, rubber banding around you. So the fourth boss, this guy has a shield and a sword that he holds up and fires lightning at you. And while he's holding the sword up, you get about like a two second window to hit him because then he doesn't have the shield in front of him. Uh, otherwise, yeah, all your all your shots are getting blocked by this shield. So if regular enemies take like, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 hits to kill, I think the bosses have somewhere like in the ballpark of like 150 to 200. This boss probably like 200 plus. I was 10 minutes into the fight and I just I dropped I just dropped the controller. I couldn't I couldn't do it. I'm like I'm not fucking doing this. I'm just not. In the time you get to hit him, depending on what gun you have, like what your upgrade is, I don't know, you might be dealing two points of damage per hit, maybe. And if you die, what happens if you die? You start all over. You do get to keep your weapon and any items that you found. But guess what? You got to go through it all over again. There's no checkpointing. There's nothing. As I mentioned in the development, there's no passwords. There's no saving. It's ridiculous. Now, during this boss fight, I abused the crap out of save states. Just so I could push through. And even with even with the save states, you guys, it was taking so long to kill this motherfucker. Like, dude, it is ridiculous. It was so fucking boring. It was so, oh my god. I was just like, why? Just why are you taking so many hits? And I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do I'm like, I am done. I've played enough of this game. And I guess there's like six more bosses after that guy or something. Five or six or something. Like, it's fucking astronomically high for a game like this. I don't even want to think of what those bosses are like. I mention you only get two points of damage on your health bar and I was I, I watched uh, a walkthrough later on to see like if there was some sort of way maybe you could cheese this boss and there isn't uh, but I did notice that whoever was playing had three points of health on his health bar fuck if I know how we got it not that it would have really helped me that much again the bosses themselves, they're not hard. They just take so goddamn long to kill that it, it's, it turns into a marathon. And with only two hits to your name, and with how long each of them takes to kill, you're bound to fuck up twice. You do get the ability to heal if you find a specific Adam's family member, but the healing items are finite. And I think you only... I think you only get like five right away. So good luck. Now going back to the, the first person maze buildings. Most of the buildings you enter, you need to find keys for. 
And since the walls within these buildings, they look exactly the same. They're all white. No markings anywhere. Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing. They are all the same. And because of this, and because the flashing is so painful, it's easy to get turned around and accidentally walk out of the door that you entered. And if you do this, you better hope you have some keys on you. Because then you're locked out. Ha! Got he! Ha! Got he! <laughs> you're locked out of the door that you just unlocked, which is fine, because I'm fucking done with this shitty game and it's fucking seizure-inducing horse shit. I don't even know if I've even talked about the gameplay. Have I even talked? I don't know. I must have, because I'm recording. So, the game is split into two sections. Like, I guess I don't mean split, because 50% of the game is Fester walking around sewers while the other 20 is walking around the neighborhood, and then the final 30 is literally just dedicated to fighting these fucking bosses, probably. I don't know. And aside from the trumpet, you get a whip. I don't know why the whip is even in here. With, like, two hits of health, I don't want to get any anywhere near these enemies. The whip seems completely counterintuitive to what this game is. And I think I mentioned the weapon upgrades, but the upgrades are useless most of the game. Uh, the so the projectiles that come out of the gun are in like a wave pattern. Like they're, uh, you know, they just kind of go back and forth. That's like the best way I can describe it. And if you're out in the open, more often than not, you're going to completely miss the enemy because the bullets will just go around them. It happens all the time. There's even an upgrade. There's an upgrade beyond this that just kind of looks like it's a bunch of spinning cannonballs are like going at the enemy. But even those miss the enemies. Like the enemies just walk right through it. Why would you make this game like this? But if you're not in the open, because most of the game you actually, there's actually not a lot of open spots in this game. A lot of this game takes place in some very tight corridors that will have enemies just marching towards you all the time. Because there's really no time limit in which enemies respawn. <laughs> like, they just keep respawning as soon as you kill them. They just keep coming. And sometimes, you just literally cannot make any forward progress for minutes at a time. Because everything takes so long to kill. But also, then there's just two more coming. So now, I just have to keep sitting here and inching pixel by pixel. Just to make progress. But sometimes... Sometimes you will be in a tight area, and since the bullets fire in a sine wave, a sine wave, that's the word I wanted, the, the walls cancel out the attacks, and then you're just fucked. And that's not like, that's not a rare occurrence. That happens all the time, which I suppose in that situation, the whip could come in handy for those sections, but I never used the whip, so fuck me, I guess. I don't know dog shit about video games. And no, I'm not crazy. Fester's Quest is crazy. Why are my bullets hitting the wall and disappearing? I didn't ask for this. And then there's the slime enemies in the sewer, which they these things rubber band around you like the bosses do. And since every path in the sewer is incredibly narrow, if they are directly in your way, you're fucked. You may as well just back out, exit where you came from, and come back and hope that it spawns in a different area, because you're not getting through. Because if your bullets don't get stuck in the wall, 
which they will, the slimes, they just multiply when you hit them. Now, you do get specific items from the family members that you visit. I think you get like TNT from Pugsley. And I think these are the items that like kill enemies like the slimes in one hit. And then they, they won't be able to multiply. But just like the health potions, you don't get a lot of those compared to how many slime enemies that you're going to encounter. Don't ask what the other pickups are. Because I didn't get them. I didn't get that far. And I don't care. And I don't care about this episode anymore. I have a few more notes here, but it's just more stuff for me to take to the hoop and dunk on. And I think at this point, you you probably understand what this game is. recommend fester's quest in 2022 it's kind of a redundant question fester's quest is the reason why game genie was invented i don't even who would even care to see the end of this game i'm not even in the tip of a mouse's dick curious about how this game ends like i don't care <laughs> fuck this game and i I just really feel bad for the people who do speedrun or like can actually play this game because the trauma they endured in their lives had to be so atomically disgusting that their only escape was Fester's quest. For as great as it looks and sounds, you can have that stuff in your game all day. But is it playable? Is it playable? For all that is sacred in this fucking world, do not ever play Fester's Quest. I would rather try and finish Battletoads before I pick this up again. I can't believe I played this. Kind of like in a literal sense. Like I've always heard of this game's reputation. I was like, oh yeah, I'm good. I, I don't need to play this. But here I am. Can't say this podcast hasn't brought me out of my comfort zone. Damn it, Ryan. This is your fault. But also thank you for listening. It does mean a lot. It does. Just don't don't DM me after you listen to this episode. Ryan knows how to DM me, but maybe you don't. All my socials are in the link tree in the show notes. Instagram is where all the cool people hang out. That's the one I'm most active on, I should say. So I'd say go take a peek at that and follow along with what's going down on the show. And what is going down next week? Well, Player vs. Podcast Month continues with what I've been told is a hidden gem. I'm diving back into my first RPG in quite some time, like an actual RPG, because I mean, I guess that genre just doesn't mean anything anymore. Everything is an RPG. It's Dragon Valor. So until next week, thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> I need a fucking drink. Take care of yourselves. 